Welcome to the Bluff First Podcast. We pray that this message would encourage and enrich your life. For more information, please visit us on the web at blufffirst.com. 2021 is over. Can you believe that? Um, like I said earlier, it feels like it's still 2020 to me in a lot of ways. Um, and yet here we are. It's 2022. Uh, it's been 22 years since Y2K. How's that make you feel? Feels great, right? Um, I had a friend ask me recently, hey, how's it going? How's your Christmas? How's your year? And I said, well, uh, I don't want to lie to you. Uh, Blessed and stressed. And that's kind of how I would describe uh, this this past year. Personally, very blessed. Lots of new friends. Um, People just crazy generous to us this year in ways we've never seen. And um, we had a son. (laughs) And so... Um, that was a huge blessing, and then stressed because um, they made us take him home from the hospital and figure out what to do with him and, and keep his sister too. And so stressed out with a uh, second kid, and um, some of you are like, second, we have 10. I know there's a lot of kids here at Bluff First, but we're, we're new to this. Uh, and then I, I've talked about this before. Um, maybe you've heard it already, maybe you haven't, but we got introduced to some new experiences this year. I, uh, I was in a car accident, and I which introduced anxiety to my life, which I've never had before. So if you're in the club, I'm in the club now, I think. And it's not that great of a club. Uh, but it's a new thing for us. And then Brooke walked through some postpartum stuff as well. And it took us a while to kind of figure out. And we had some tough stuff in our family, in our immediate family. And, um, and so, you know, blessed and stressed. And then same goes for church stuff. Uh, in fact, yesterday, it's been a year since we finally got to hire full-time our worship and youth pastor, Nathan Smith. And so, uh, shout out to Nathan. Thank you for dedicating our son. Um, and uh, we've seen lots of people help and great small groups and people on the Dream Team and church grew. I actually told you the wrong number last week. I thought that we had 34 baptisms in 2021, which would have tied any two-year span we've ever had in our church in a single year. Um, but I missed someone, and so I won't say who, but we had 35 baptisms this past year, and so we just praise God for that, but at the same time, um, many of you know in June we lost uh, our executive pastors to church planning. That's a great thing to lose them to, Um, but, you know, they were a big part of our team, and so um, to lose a core part of our team, and the church keeps growing, uh, which is growing pains and more needs and everything else, seriously, is one of the most amazing years I've ever experienced, and for half of it, I felt like I was drowning. Anybody else, like, it's both. It was blessed and stressed. And we knew God had to stretch us, um, and he did. But then, if I'm honest with you this morning, sometimes it's not him doing the stretching. Sometimes we have stretched ourselves too far and um, spread ourselves um, too thin. We, we have gotten to where we take a day off when we travel, right? That's about when we take a day off, and uh, we, can, we can feel it. Our lives... Everybody, I think, our lives slowed down in 2020, right? You remember that, like church in your pajamas and slowing down. And then, I don't know, if you're anything like us, you just hit the ground running in 2021 as fast as ever. And, um, and, and so here's just a snapshot. I want you to know that, like, your pastors are human beings, okay? Um, in our house, we often don't think about um, our plan for what we're going to do um, for a meal until about 30 minutes after we should have already begun eating that meal. Anybody? You're like, it's 7 o'clock. What are we doing for dinner? Uh, oh, gosh, you know, how fast can you thaw chicken? I don't know. You know, it's like 
everything, not that fast. Um, and, uh, and so we cook real fast or we hit a drive-thru sometimes. And uh, then we eat real fast. And sometimes we even eat, you know, standing up and running around and feeding the kids. And, and then so we have to rush bath time or put off bath time another day or we rush, you know, story time or, or, or tucking in or whatever. We put our kids to bed too late. Um, and then we lay in bed half the time, still working on our phones, whatever. The other half just avoiding sleep and scrolling, you know, social media or whatever. Wake up the next day tired, feeling behind before the day has even started. Sometimes it's a bunch of dread about the day. Other days there's optimism and we're like, today we're going to get it all done. We never get it all done. <laughs> we never get it all done. And so, um, you know, Brooke and I are a team, and we try to help each other, and we try to take pressure off of each other. And, and so I try when I'm home. Man, I have to pray that driveway prayer, you know, because I'm ready to come home and relax, but I have to pray. God help me serve my wife, my kids, my family. So I try to take pressure off her, and then she's here at the church all kinds of hours and trying to take pressure off me. Um, and that sounds great, but we're human. And so we find ourselves inevitably um, feeling, you know, unnoticed or underappreciated and and offended, you know, that happens. I don't know, it doesn't happen in your marriage. It happens in my marriage. And we find ourselves saying things like this. Oh, man, you know, this week was crazy. But, you know, we had that unexpected thing come up. And we had this and that. Those aren't normal. Next week, things should slow down a little bit. Anybody else believe that lie from Satan himself? Like, next week, things are not slowing down at all. Um, they never do. And so, I know this is really building your confidence in me. Um, we don't pray enough, we don't read enough, we don't exercise enough, we don't sleep enough, we don't plan ahead enough, and uh, this kind of all came to a head a couple weeks ago. Um, we had invited some of our friends over uh, for dinner, and you know, we're both running around, feeling overwhelmed, underappreciated, trying to get the house ready, because that's what you do, right? You spend an hour cleaning the house before people come over, and then they get there, and you go, sorry about the mess. Um, right? Like, if you would have been here an hour ago, you would not believe what this looked like. But we're like, sorry, it's a mess. We didn't have time to pick up. And so we get the house ready and then get the kids ready and the food ready. And so we had an awesome, just an awesome argument um, and fight right before we hung out with our friends. And at one point, I, I said, I said, so we're just going to fight like this and fight all the way up until they get here and then just pretend everything's fine when... Randy and Naomi get here. That's what we're going to do. And we did. <laughs> so we did. And we had an awesome time. We had so much fun. And we acted like we loved each other. It was great. And I, listen, husbands, um, if you're new husbands, I've learned, used to, I would have been like, as soon as they were gone, like, we're right back to this argument. I just, like, let that go for a couple days. I'm like, she's cool pretending we're good. I'm cool pretending we're good. We'll wait a few days uh, to bring this up. But, um... If I, if I haven't um, totally lost credibility this morning, what I'm trying to tell you is this. Um, we're starting a series, and we're going to be talking about changing our pace, changing our habits, introducing some healthier rhythms to our spiritual life. And I just want you to know it is something I desperately need at least as much as you do, probably more. I told Brooke last night in bed, I was like, I need this sermon series worse than anybody else does. And that's a little bit of an uncomfortable place to be as a pastor. I would much rather preach on something I'm awesome at than something I'm failing at. But maybe all of us could use a tune-up um, and all of us could make some tweaks. And I think like this is the time of year to do that. It's very natural to be thinking about our lives and what we want to change 
And, uh, and so some of you are readers, quick commercial. I've been reading some great books on this because I've felt it for a while. Um, the Common Rule, which is a book that we're going to use um, throughout this series and some challenges we're going to do. And then The Deeply Formed Life is pretty much wrecking my life right now. And then Habits of the Household gets into more of like spiritual rhythms for like parenting and bedtime and mealtime and stuff like that. Might be a small group in the spring. But anyway, um, I want you to know I need it. I need to slow down. And anybody else like you had Christmas vacation and now you need a vacation from vacation? Anybody? You're like, I love my kids. When does school start again? Is that, uh, please tell me it's soon, right? And you love your in-laws and you're so glad that they have gone home now for, after the holidays and, or whatever. Or, or maybe you just get, you're like me and you get to the end of the work week and it seems like every time you get to the end of a week, there's more to do than there was when you started, right? So, but here's the truth, and I know this and I need reminded of this. God did not intend for us to live that way. Like, I, I just don't believe that God wants us to live that hectic of a life. And I say that with, with zero judgment this morning, okay? Anything I talk about this morning, um, make sure I say this right, you're rubber, I'm glue, okay? <laughs> Whatever I say is going to bounce off you and stick to me. I, I, I need this as much as anybody. But God did not design us to never feel like we're enough or like there's not enough hours in the day or days in the week or there's not enough time to do the things we want to do. God did not intend for it to be that way. And here's the thing, we have to realize where some of it starts and it's not all external. See, we like to be victims and so we like to think, well, I'm, it's busy, it's hectic, but it's my boss's fault or my job's fault or my spouse's fault or my kids' athletic schedule's fault or whatever and we think we're the victims, we can't help it. But the truth is, way more than all this stuff going on in your schedule, there are habits and thought patterns that you have that you're not even thinking about that are shaping you and shaping your heart and your life. And so there are things that you do on a daily basis. Like how many of you guys, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, if you don't have to pull like a child or a cat off your face first, right? Uh, the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is pick up your phone. Anybody? Just me. Great. This is going well. Anybody? You, okay. You pick up your phone, first thing. How many, when you're laying in bed, you're on your phone, right? Okay, that says something about us and about our need to be entertained and our need to stay connected. All of these things, right, the, the way that we scroll on our phone, the, the things, our internet history, our recently watched on Netflix, our, our playlists on Spotify or, or Apple Music or the radio station that we tune into, if you still do that right? What, what, what we usually eat for lunch, where we eat lunch, how we do that, the amount of time in a given day we spend looking at a screen versus the amount of time we spend um, looking face-to-face -face at our family. These things are shaping us, okay? They're not neutral. They're, they're shaping us and changing us. And, and here's the question I want to answer this morning. What if our habits and our pace was shaping us to look more like Jesus and more like the people we were created to be rather than the, you know, tired-eyed, triple-shot of espresso-needing, overworked, overcommitted, busy bodies that we have become? What if we, what if we lived what we believed, right? Because here's the thing. I know Jesus gives rest. I know Jesus gives peace. I know Jesus gives joy. And yet, my life and my pace and my habits don't look like any of those things. I want to read something very familiar to you, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Maybe it's familiar to you. If, if you're new to this church thing, maybe not. 
but I want you to hear it with fresh ears, and I want you to hear it as an invitation, and think about how awesome this actually sounds if we were able to accept this invitation. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anybody else feel like the best time to come to Jesus is when you're put together and you have it all going on, right? That's when I feel like worshiping. That's when I feel like being at church is when I'm really, you know, crushing it. But Jesus says, no, 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 come to me if you're weary, if you're burdened, and I will give you something that a lot of parents in the room cannot even remember, rest. I will give you rest, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, not just a three-day weekend, not just a vacation, not just a day off work, rest for your soul, deep rest. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? That sounds like something all of us should want. That sounds like something all of us should, should desire. But here's the question, how many of us are experiencing that? How many of us, if, if, if someone asks you, how's it going, how you been, instead of saying busy, right, you say, oh, you know, actually, feeling rested, feeling light, feeling slowed down and easy going, right? That's not our experience. And, and, I, and I'm not saying that to beat you up like you're doing it wrong. Life is hard. And if you don't do anything about it, it's going to be hard and you're going to be busy and you're going to be stressed. But Jesus knows that, and he sees us right where we're at, and he offers help. He offers a different way to live. He offers a different way of living, not escaping the challenges of life. And I, I used to think, like, to, to, to be close to Jesus meant to just get away from everything all the time and just pray all the time and, you know, all this stuff. And Jesus did get away and pray and fast and things like that, but he stayed engaged in the people around him right in the thick of life and humanity and, and, and messy sinners and complicated family and all of that, Jesus didn't ignore that, but he lived different in the midst of it. How different would that be? How magnetic would that be to the people around us if they looked at us and said, instead of going, hey, you know what, um, you're just as stressed as me, so no thank you, I don't want to add going to your church to my to-do list or joining your small group, if instead they looked at us and said, man, like, I know you have the same workload as me, and you got kids too, and you got this too, but you're just easygoing. You just have a, like, just a breath of fresh air about you. How inviting would that be to people if we actually lived at a different pace? Jesus says in John chapter 15 that he's the vine and that we're the branches. He says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Now, we do a lot of somethings apart from him and feel like there's something, but, but Jesus says it's really meaningless. You're really accomplishing nothing. You want to actually bear fruit. You want to actually fulfill your purpose in life. You've got to do it by being connected to me. And I know that, right? I'm a pastor. I know that. But knowing it and doing it are two different things. Like, I know Jesus offers rest and peace and confidence and joy and, and patience, but my habits, my choices make me tired and anxious and insecure and angry and frustrated. Is it just my house? Is it just me? Is it anybody else out there? Like, I know every sermon series hits different people. I'm praying this one's not just for the Woodards. Like, please let there be other stressed people in the room. Um, Jesus somehow was able to get away 
and connect with God and pray and yet still be absolutely fully engaged with his work, his purpose, his mission. He still had times for friend, time for friends and family and parties and meals and sinners. And, and, and I just want to be more like Jesus. But I need help to get there. And that's where this series comes in. You saw the title already, Trellis. And you, might not, you may or may not know what a trellis is. Some of you came in and you're like, why did they add that to the stage decorations this morning? That does not fit. It's not a decoration. It's an illustration, okay? Um, this is a trellis. Everybody say trellis. It's just kind of fun to say. Um, this is a trellis. And I, as a kid, I had no idea what a trellis was. I saw these things. And I'll be honest with you, I just thought that, like, grandmas thought they were pretty and they put them in their backyard to look nice. I didn't realize um, they weren't just decorative, that they had a purpose. And so you can tell we didn't grow, we didn't do a lot of gardening in my family. Um, not a whole lot of gardening. We grew mostly um, trucks. We grew pickup trucks in our yard. That's what we grew. Uh, we have lots of trucks in our, in our, on our property. But um, we, we didn't do a whole lot of gardening and so I had to learn about a trellis. And here's what a trellis does. A trellis Take something that's already growing, that's already spiraling, that's already advancing and developing, and it directs it so that it doesn't wind up twisted and tangled or intermingled with other stuff it's not supposed to be, and eventually having parts of it that don't have enough nutrients that are, that are dying, okay? So here's what I'm saying. Our problem is not that we're not going, okay, or that we're not doing anything, or that we're not doing enough, or that we're not growing at all. It's that we might just not be growing into something better, right? Through our pace, through our habits, we might be growing further from God. We might be growing into somebody that does stuff for God all the time but doesn't even really know him. And so through our habits, we might be growing more complicated, more twisted, spreading further and being spread more thin without having the, the nutrients that we need to be healthy. And so a trellis creates a framework to redirect that growth. And so through this series, and today I'm just kind of casting a vision for the series, um, through this series we're going to invite you to try out some different um, spiritual disciplines or rhythms, and maybe they're things you've done before, or maybe you've never done them before, and that's, that's awesome. If you're like here and you're like, I've never read the Bible, I've never prayed, I've never fasted, I've never attempted a Sabbath, I've never, awesome. You're going you're gonna to be great, okay? And, and, and so we're going to try eight of them to be exact over the coming months. And four of them, if you want to kind of picture this with me, four of them are vertical. And by that, I mean four of them are mainly focused on helping us love God better, right? Praying and fasting and reading and those types of things. And that's where a lot of spiritual discipline talks or books will end things. It's you and Jesus, and, and it's just vertical. We're going to go further than that, and we're going to also introduce four that are horizontal, four that are helping us not just love God better, but do what Jesus said is the second great commandment love our neighbor as ourself. And so we're gonna emphasize that. And I'm excited about that because it's, you know, it's loving Jesus is not just a private, personal thing. It's a public thing and a relational thing um, as well. And when we try to do, you know, the vertical without the horizontal, we wind up kind of compartmentalizing our faith and it's no good to the people around us. We can have better than that. We can do better than that. And we're gonna do that um, together. And then those rhythms, since we're talking about habits and stuff like that, um, they're kind of going to change our to-do list, change our calendars, if you will. So you can kind of picture uh, the trellis here as like a calendar and, and, and kind of a, a, a different way of looking at your week or your month or whatever. And so, again, four of them are going to be things we try to do every day. 
And we're going to start them all at once, but we're going to try to build them up, and we're going to try to do some things daily. And we will fail, but we're going to try to introduce prayer into our life, reading the Bible into our life, making at least one of our meals intentional, whether it's lunch with a coworker or dinner with your family or whatever, making one of our meals count. And then um, this is crazy, okay? We're going to try and see what it's like, see what could happen if we will survive a whole hour every day with our phone turned off. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Some of you can't do that for this service, right? Like, it's gonna be crazy. You're like, yeah, praying, I can do all that. Turn my phone off? You mean like silent? Off. We're gonna try it, okay? And then, um, I think society functioned for thousands of years without it, so we might be able to. Um, But then four of them are gonna be weekly habits, so things we just do once a week. And so we're gonna talk about scaling down some of our screen time. We're gonna talk about being intentional in our friendships and our conversations. We're gonna experiment with fasting. If you've never fasted anything, giving up something on purpose um, to connect with God instead for 24 hours, we're gonna do that. And then the one that my family um, most needs, and if we're just being honest, kind of dreads. We're like, how are we gonna, we were talking yesterday, how are we gonna do this? Like, we have to do it. We can't be preaching about this and not do it. We have to do it, and, and that is um, taking an actual Sabbath. Like, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, but having a day of the week where we're not working and we're resting and spending time with each other and with Jesus. A day. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it together. And so we wanna invite you on the journey, whether you're here or you're watching online, or in fact, anyone can join us in this. Maybe you got a friend out of state. Anybody can join us. Um, whether they go here or not. And so the way that we're going to stay in touch, it just seems to be the most common ground that we all maybe use. If not, you could create an account and delete it after this. But we have a Facebook group um, set up that you can join and interact with us on, and it's called Trellis Challenge, okay? Take the Trellis Challenge. And so you can join that Facebook group. This week we're going to put out some questions, just kind of see where you're at and some of your rhythms and your pace and stuff. And then next week, We're going to talk about uh, prayer, and Pastor Nathan is going to share about prayer and uh, introduce our first challenge, and it's going to be um, it's going to be awesome. And so, if you've been around, you know our theme for this like school year is uh, deeper waters. This is another way that we're getting deeper. Um, We talked in our deeper worship series about worshiping in spirit and truth, which is like head and heart, right? And so this series, Trellis, is going to just give us some margin in our head and heart to be able to connect with God and worship him in a deeper way. And so it's head, heart, habits, okay? And uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I know I'm covering a lot of groundwork. I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Um, here's the thing. I want to reiterate this. Jesus said his burden is light. His burden is light. So these are not... New Year's resolutions for you to break and feel guilty about, okay? Anybody like already, you're like, I was thinking about maybe doing something better, it's January 2nd and I've already had five Big Macs, right, or whatever. Like, like it's, it's just not, it's, this is not what, the, that's not what this is about. These are not things for you to try to do and then fail and feel bad. These are rhythms for you to experiment with and then, you know, feel good about because you're, anytime you do it, anytime you do it and, and don't skip it, you're investing into your spiritual life. I'm not saying they're gonna be easy because anything worthwhile is difficult, but they are gonna be simple and maybe easier than you think. And we're certainly not trying to just pile things onto your plate for you to stress out about and more things to your um, to-do list. We're trying to give you a trellis, a framework 
that, that where you could breathe and you could have time for the things that matter most. And, and here's the thing that I know as human beings, we all feel overwhelmed and we all feel overcommitted. And so as we talk about that and we feel like our lives are out of control, the last thing we want to do is give up any control or surrender any freedom we, or take any restrictions because we, we look to all that stuff for escape. Right? Don't tell me to turn my phone off. It's the only time I have to myself. Right? Or don't tell me I should get up and do this. I don't have time to do that. I'm, I'm tired as it is. But, but the truth is this morning, um, total freedom does not lead us to happiness. Right? How many are glad your fireplace keeps the fire in the fireplace and not on the couch? Right? <laughs> or like your house keeps the kids in the house. Some of you are like, eh, I'm not so grateful for that sometimes. <laughs> Um, but we need certain restrictions to enjoy the freedom that we want to enjoy. The good life is not the ability to do what we want at all times. The good life is having the ability to do what we were made for, right? And so this is the truth. The right kinds of limits don't restrict freedom. They create freedom. I know there's like a part of you that's like punk rock and doesn't want any boundaries, right? Doesn't want anybody telling you what to do. But, but listen... You may not like limits. Do you like better? <laughs> Do you like rest? Do you like breathing and having margin in your life? I think all of us like better. And so um, we're going to introduce a better way. Games are better with rules. Amen? Food is more consistent with a recipe. And so the right, the right boundaries are actually going to help us be free to live the kind of lives we want to live instead of being slaves to our to-do list and our busy schedules. There was an interesting study done, um, they, which they must have had a permit or something. They studied a playground uh, of kids playing. I know you gotta have some paperwork to do that or, and not get arrested, right? But they studied this playground and um, it was a playground right next to a school and there's no fence, there's no boundaries or whatever, there's just some equipment and they let the kids play. And what they found was the kids would go, you know, as far as the equipment was, but other than that, they stayed close to the building, close to the teachers. They didn't really test the limitations. Then they put in a distant fence. And now the kids didn't just play on the equipment and play close to the school. They played all the way to the fence, right? Because they, they knew the boundaries. They felt safe within. This is the playground. This is where we can play. And, and similarly, when we have the right limitations, it's not restricting. It's, it's liberating. Okay, it's freeing to us to have the life that we want to have. I want to have some rules, some structure, some practices in place to direct my life to grow the way that God wants it to grow. And, and, and let me say this too, right? Because I know some of us are like already stressed about this or already feeling defensive. You know, like, who do you think you are telling me what to do? Let me ask you this. Um, how many of you would say, man, I'm a little bit stressed, I'm a little bit overcommitted, I'm a little bit spread too thin, I'm a little overwhelmed. Is it just the Woodards? Is there anybody in the house this morning? Okay, now, I'm saying this to myself too, okay? You already have habits, you already have routines, you already have rhythms, you already have a pace, and those things are designed perfectly to get you where you are right now. They're designed perfectly to deliver the results that you're getting. So, so maybe the stress that you feel, or the busyness that you feel, maybe some of it's self-inflicted, afflicted? Self-inflicted, inflicted, that's the word, self-inflicted. 
Um, maybe some of it is brought upon by yourself. Do you like living that way? Do you like the results? Are you weary? Are you heavy burdened? Are you stressed? Jesus says, come, I have a different way to live. And I don't think those things change just by trying harder to bear fruit. I don't think they change just by thinking more about, man, I just need to be more like Jesus. I think they change with structure. I think they change with a trellis. Build a trellis. Don't just try harder, right, but restructure, reorient your life. There's a, um, Japanese, a late Japanese theologian, uh, Dr. Koyama, and he wrote a book called The Three Mile Per Hour God. And he says in his book, God walks, at, God travels at three miles per hour. And you're like, okay, I heard about the playground study. That was weird enough. What on earth? How could you try to time God's speed or pace? But the thing that he was trying to say was the average human being walks at a pace of three miles per hour. Now, some of us are a little you know, below average on that pace, maybe, but some of us are above, overachievers, right? But we're all, we're, we all walk, right? And the average human walks at three miles per hour, and he says, God, God moves at three miles per hour. God is in step with his people. God is moving with his people. His Holy Spirit wants to walk with you through your life. But here's the problem. N.T. Wright said it this way. It's only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up to God. It's only when we slow down that we catch up to him. We're, we're running too fast to hear his voice. We're too far ahead of ourselves to know his will or to know what he's leading us to do in any given moment. And then the great Dallas Willard said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. I mean, we have a God who compared spiritual life to, to gardening and planting and watering and sowing and we are running around like it's the Indy 500, you know? Hurry is the enemy of our spiritual life. Jesus offers a better way, a, a better way to find rest. And as Pastor Nate comes this morning, I just want to remind us, I know this seems super practical or maybe not that spiritual, but the only reason that we can even have access to that kind of rest and that kind of way of life, it's not just, you know, self-help and do this and change these habits and you'll you'll be better, although I do think like there's certain things you can do that are going to benefit anybody. Um, the only reason that we can really find rest for our souls is because of Jesus and his sacrifice and what he did for us. And you think about, man, I don't know if I want to place these restrictions on my life. I don't know if I want to give up some freedom. Let me remind you this morning, there is no one, no one in the history of the world that surrendered more freedom than Jesus Christ. Nobody. Philippians 2 tells us Jesus, in coming as a human, gave up certain divine privileges, right? He went from sitting with the Father in heaven to being a baby and having to grow up in a, in a poor family in a, in, a, in a dirty world, right? Jesus laid down certain parts of his divinity, though he was certainly still God. And then Philippians says he took the humble position of a slave, a human being, and then he even humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. One version says it this way, Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself for us. Why did he do that? He did it for love. He did it because he loved glorifying his Father and he loved rescuing us. John 15, 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And that's what he did. 
That's what he did for us. You think about the garden, right? Adam and Eve in the garden. They're, they're given total paradise, total freedom, freedom to choose, freedom to walk with God in the garden. You can imagine. And they're given one limitation. Stay away from this one tree. It'll kill you. Okay, don't, don't touch this one thing. And what do they do? What all of us do. Wet paint, you know, I got to test it. I got to see for myself. They didn't believe God. They didn't trust God. They, they bought the lie of the serpent, right? They tried to become like God themselves. Oh, if we eat this, we're going to know all the things God knows. We're going to, you know, whatever. They tried to liberate themselves, have more freedom, and instead they brought themselves and the whole world into slavery to sin. We do the same stuff. We, we try to be God, and we mess our lives up. And listen, some, some of us would never say that. We would never say, I'm trying to be God. But our habits say otherwise. Our habits say we're infinite. I don't need rest. I don't need to be healthy. I don't, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to be here forever. Our habit, I can miss prayer. I can miss Bible time. I can miss church. But I can't miss a text message. I can't miss an email. I can't miss a notification. I'm important. Right? Our lives are preaching a different gospel than the one we believe. We think we can hustle and bustle and never even sit at the dinner table, never spend time with God, never hear his voice, and, and be crushing it and be thriving. You can't. Jesus lived a totally different way. He did the opposite. He took his freedom and laid it aside and became a servant. He let himself be arrested, let himself be tried, let himself be beaten and mocked and, and nailed to a cross. And when he could have called on angel armies from that cross, he instead called on his father to forgive his abusers. Jesus took what we did in the garden and flipped it on its head and teaches us the way up is down, the way to victory is surrender, the way to freedom is submission. You want freedom, limit yourself. That's what the whole, the whole New Testament teaches us. We are free in Christ. And we're free to take a lot of those liberties and lay them down for the love of God and for the love of our brother and our neighbor. Jesus modeled that for us. The culture says you'll be happy with more, more, more. Jesus says maybe you need less. You know, we try to be limitless and the world is ruined. Jesus limited himself that the world might be saved. So here's what I want to ask you this morning. If Jesus was willing to do all of that, if he was willing to lay down his life for his friends to save your soul, to, to, to purchase the right for you to become children of God, for you to have eternity in heaven with God instead of separation from God and punishment, if he was willing to do all that for your life, don't you think maybe he doesn't want us to live right now in such a way that acts like none of that even matters or has no effect on today? Like, like surely Jesus didn't lay down his life just for what happens to us after we die. He laid down his life and he showed us a different way to live. So this morning, if you just close your eyes for a moment of just contemplation. This morning, I, I would say, um, give you the same, same invitation Jesus gives. Come if you're weary. Come if you're burdened. Find rest. If you're here this morning and you're, you're not walking with Jesus, you haven't surrendered your soul, your life to him, he's not Lord of your life, maybe you've never followed him or you've wandered from him, if that's you right now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. 
You're here this morning, you say, Pastor TJ, I'm not walking with Jesus, but I need to take that step today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up real quick and put it right back down? Is there anybody here this morning? Thank you, ma'am. Is there anybody else? Thank you, young man. Anyone else? Thank you. Jesus, save my friends. Show them your grace and your mercy right where they're at. This might hit a few more people in the room. If you're here this morning and you say, man, Pastor TJ, um, I, I know Jesus, but like, <laughs> I'm stressed and blessed. I've been running too fast. My life is too fast-paced. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overcommitted. I'm stressed. Some days I just don't even feel like doing it all. Other days I try to do it all, and I'm just disappointed. I need to run at a different pace. I'm up for uh, this challenge. I'm up for the trellis of trying something different in my life, in my pace. If that's you, would you slip your hand up real quick and put it right back down? Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. It's not just the Woodards. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Nathan's going to lead us in a song right now. And I just want to invite you. This is the last thing we're going to do, okay? I know it's past noon. Take two, three minutes to be with Jesus right now. And if that looks like standing and singing and lifting your hands, that's awesome. If that looks like coming and finding a place to pray, um, that's great. If it looks like praying with your spouse, whatever it looks like, let's just take two or three minutes to just acknowledge the pace we've been running and accept Jesus' invitation to come to him for rest. Can you do that? Come to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like more information, visit us on Facebook or on the web at blufffirst.com.